Welcome to the Lean Into Love podcast, a spiritual self-compassion podcast and space devoted for you to find greater inner freedom, connect more fully to the world around you, and cultivate a deeper spiritual connection to a higher power. I'm your host, Gina Velez, a performer at heart, wellness enthusiast, self-love coach, and current grad student slash therapist in training, I have spent most of my life searching for ways to come back home to myself, back home to the wellspring of love. Along my journey, I have found transformative practices and met some incredible teachers. I now want to share it all with you because as Ram Das once said, we are all just walking each other home. Let's embark on a journey of heart-centered exploration, vulnerability, and expansion. Together, we'll navigate the intricate dance between love and fear and discover the limitless power of the human heart. When we learn to love ourselves unconditionally, we radiate that love outward, making a profound difference in our relationships, our communities, and the world. The journey starts now, and I'm thrilled to have you by my side. Let's begin. Today, I have spiritual life coach and therapist, but really just an all-around incredible human being, Maya Rain, joining me on the podcast. Maya is a spiritual seeker, leader, and has helped countless individuals come to know their souls, love themselves, and enjoy their lives. I can personally attest to the fact that her intended goals come true because as someone who has worked with her for the past four years, I have come to know my soul love myself, and thoroughly enjoy my life. I would not be where I am today, nor would I even have had the inspiration to start this podcast if it weren't for Maya. I hope you enjoy this episode. (gasps) Yay! (laughs) Okay. Uh, Hi, Maya. Hi, Gina. (laughs) How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for saying yes to being on this podcast. You're so welcome. I'm so excited. I feel like it's been a long time coming. I am so in your corner with this. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, I appreciate that. Well, thank you. Thank you. I mean, you've been doing it for a while. And so I just feel really honored to have you here and also very inspired by all the work that you've been doing since I started working with you, what, like four years ago, I think it was? I was thinking about that. I think it's four years. Yeah, that's what I got as well. And it just seems like it's short and long. I don't know. I can't decide, but it's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's gone by quickly, but it feels it feels like I've known you for a very long time now. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about like you didn't even have your dog. You didn't have Harpo when we first started meeting together. Remember, we like kind of worked on your, you know, like fears about that and everything. I'm like, wow. And now Harpo is just like this adult dog that's part of <laughs> yeah. your life. It's amazing. <laughs> this adult dog yeah yeah she's still very much a teenager though okay teenager dog maybe (laughs) attitude teenager yes exactly the attitude yeah Yeah. i know and i was thinking about it too and i always tell people about you i'm like oh maya you need to like check out my i'll like send people your information or i'll like quote you on things and one day i was like you know maya is basically my best friend without (laughs) me being her best friend i just like pay her to be my best friend and it's a really great relationship but then i was like but i don't know anything about her so i feel like 
Besides yeah. like what I know from what you've mentioned in passing on our, in our sessions and then mm-hmm. on Instagram. Um, so I thought, wow, what a cool opportunity to get to know Maya, <laughs> the individual as opposed to Maya, my life coach. Yes. Yeah, I know I did. I got a little nervous because I was like, wow, I'm so used to asking you about yourself and asking you questions that now I'm like, I'm in the hot seat, which I think is at this point, totally reasonable. I think you deserve to know a little bit more about me. Not that, you know, I'm pretty open about most things. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think that it's it's time for the tables to turn a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right on. Well, again, it's a privilege. So thank you. Yeah. All right. So I just want to ask you to share a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like this is always the hardest question to, you know, like summarize who you are as a human. Um, But I guess career-wise, I'm a spiritual life coach and that kind of, you know, looks different client to client, day to day, week to week for me. I meet with people mostly online. Um, so virtually most of my private clients are virtual. Sometimes I'll do workshops. Sometimes uh, I just had a, a retreat this summer that was in person. So, you know, lots of different things, whatever I feel like kind of, which is fun because I'm my own solo person doing all of this. So I get to decide what I do every day and how much I work and how much I don't work. So um in the work realm. That's kind of what I do. And I, yeah, at the moment I'm, I'm kind of traveling around. I've been traveling with my boyfriend kind of off and on for the past couple years. So anybody who follows me on social media is like, where the heck are you now? You're somewhere different every week, I feel like. So that's been kind of an adventure. That's been fun. We're going to Asia in uh, the end of this month, the end of this oh, month nice. for like two months. Um, so we just, yeah, he works pretty remotely as well. We just travel around and enjoy that. Um, and yeah, I, the rest of my time, I'm just kind of a spiritual seeker, I guess you'd say. I'm just kind of on the path of, of exploring the, the world in like all of its kind of secret, you know, etheric, underground properties i feel like i don't live in you know like reality as most people live in reality anymore i did that for a while and i was like okay this is fine but now i'm bored and so now i you know meditate more and do all sorts of weird woo woo stuff and that's kind of what keeps my days <laughs> busy at the moment um yeah that's i guess the the gist of who i am right now that's awesome i love it the woo woo stuff <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And like when we first started working together, I was not very woo woo. And I would Mm -hmm. definitely say that your woo has rubbed off onto me and now (laughs) I'm like super into it. And um, yeah, that's so cool. So yeah, you're able to be pretty, pretty transient and go wherever the wind is taking you and um, you get to just answer the call. Yes. Yes, it is. It's been a really um, beautiful lesson in how to like trust my intuition when it says to go do something or to not do something or to follow a whisper or to not follow a whisper because when the world is just so completely open and all of the options in the entire world are open to me that can almost be really you know like overwhelming it can be kind of paralyzing to be like wow I could do literally anything right now and so learning how to tune in to myself I think is the the best part of this journey because some people just you know like travel just because they can or don't travel because they're afraid to or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I need to really 
really listen to the subtleties on when to go, when to stop. That's been my like learning curve the past couple years. Sometimes it feels really good to just be out, you know, flowing with the wind. And sometimes it feels really good to be grounded and rooted. So yeah, Mm -hmm. a little bit of both. (laughs) Yeah. You got to find that balance between the two, but I imagine that the decision fatigue can be pretty overwhelming. (laughs) (laughs) It can. Yeah. So I've been working on trying to not even ask my mind those questions anymore and just asking, mm-hmm. you know, like my my inner self or my higher self or whatever it is that I'm connecting to, to help guide me because the mind, mind doesn't usually know the answer. The mind just knows a bunch of worries. And so it's not always the most helpful to listen to. Yeah. Have you always been able to listen to your gut or your intuition? Or is that something mm-hmm. that you've had to develop over the years? Yeah, that's been cultivated for sure. I think we all have it. Like there are moments when it's like, oh yeah, that's really clear. I definitely can do that. But Mm -hmm. being able to tune into it intentionally whenever I want to is still something that I'm practicing. Just even remembering that that's an option Mm -hmm. is still something that I'm practicing, right? And even, you know, like in the realm of love, that's kind of what I believe love to be is connecting to, you know, this, this higher self, this inner self, this wise version of ourselves that gets to see everything through love. And so it takes a lot of practicing getting the mind and the ego out of the way and remembering that that's an option and then stilling your body and your mind enough to get there. So no, it's it hasn't always been super easy for me. It's still constantly a work in progress, but it's getting better and better. That's awesome. And what what was little Maya like? Was she always pretty <laughs> tapped in or is that an evolution of of your life that you've gotten here? Um, I think little Maya was pretty tapped in. And then I think that, you know, got lost as it does, you know, in school and insecurity and things like that. It kind of went away a little bit. And I, uh, I grew up in a very like hippie environment. So I grew up around a lot of people who were pretty dang woo woo, like living in (laughs) vans with dreads, following the Grateful Dead, like very much that type of environment until I was well kind of forever but until I was in school it was pretty um pretty on the road and pretty loosey-goosey and so I think child me just was going with it like just had no (laughs) inhibitions wasn't worried it was just you know dancing running around naked I had dreads for a little while when I was a kid you know those kinds of things so just um it was easier then and then I think once school started and you had to kind of get in line and and there were certain ways to do things and to not do things. I think a lot of that got lost. And uh, I think right now I'm probably the closest to my child self that I've been since then, you know, which we talk about like inner child work a lot, right? I think that's what inner child work is, is just returning to that part of you and, and healing that part of you and remembering who your essence really is. So I'm enjoying getting to know her again. Oh, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so what led you to the self-development space or the life coaching <laughs> space, I should say? Yeah. So um, that I would say the first part of it is that I went to grad school for therapy. So I I have my master's degree in psychotherapy and art therapy with like a dual um, program. So traditionally trained in the realm of the mind and wanting to help people and wanting to understand, 
you know, the human psyche a little better, which of course stems from wanting to understand my own psyche, wanting to help people, wanting to explore kind of our ins and outs, why we interact with the world the way that we do. And, you know, then I started to go on my own spiritual journey, I guess you'd say. I didn't know that that's what it was at the time. I think that the beginning of it was really just like trying to improve my sustainability efforts, actually, which then um, brought me into appreciation and love for the natural world and for nature and like wanting to honor the earth and things like that. And then I got into some kind of more earth-based um, practices with like Ayurveda and even like like Wicca, witchcraft kind of things, which are very like just earth-based pagan practices. And, you know, none of those dogmas were quite right, but I just picked up little things here and there and was just reading different books about how to connect with the earth and things like that. And then that kind of slowly progressed into, you know, law of attraction and afterlives and, you know, energetic like chakras and things like that. It just was kind of this snowball effect. Um, and then simultaneously that's happening in my personal life. And then I'm doing therapy in a really traditional space and kind of in the confines of what therapy looks like, you know, in, you know, under, under like governing boards and in, the system, I guess mm -hmm. you'd say, right? Like the system with the capital S. Mm -hmm. uh, and I loved working with my clients. I really enjoyed it. But there would always be this time when I would kind of hit a wall with them where it was like, wow, I can see that there's depth waiting on the other side of this wall, but I'm like legally not allowed to go there. I'm not allowed to talk to them about anything spiritual. I'm not allowed to you know, like invite them to question their reality or things like that, right? I'm kind of allowed to stay on this one level of, you know, how's your relationship with your parents? You know, are you productive enough in society or not? Like, what are your fears and hopes and those kinds of things, which can do a lot for people. Don't get me wrong. Those are really important things to dive into. Therapy is huge. But just in my own self, I could feel this like, uh, pull that there was just something on the other side of it. And I was like, I want to just keep working with them and going deeper. And I want to kind of go off script, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, yeah, the convergence of my own spiritual journey and feeling that in my work practice just eventually was like, okay, this is the avenue that I think that I need to go down. And I had started following some spiritual life coaches on like Instagram or YouTube or wherever. Um, and I just really resonated with it. So I started to slowly integrate and bring that into like my own private practice type of setting, just seeing one or two clients on the side as a life coach. Um, and now I've fully transitioned. I no longer hold my licensure as a therapist. Letting go of that was a big trip for my ego. Oh my gosh, <laughs> like all of the work that I've done <laughs> to try to get that freaking licensure, all the hoops that I had to like jump through. And then and then to let that go was um, very liberating, really, <laughs> really refreshing, but pretty scary. And now I'm a full-time spiritual life coach and a full-time spiritual being it just yeah it's it's very integrated which feels really nice I don't ever feel like I'm 
putting on my work hat and then my home hat or anything like that. It's all just a an easeful flow and expression of who I am and how I relate to the world, which I think is really beautiful and kind of rare. And I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. The word that comes to mind is integrated, integrated and embodied. Like you, yeah. you embody, you practice what you preach in every facet of your life. And that is such um, a, a liberating space to be in. And it's inspiring and it shows other people that really you can live this life too. And it's hard. Sometimes you have to let go of things that you jumped through hoops to working really hard to (laughs) obtain, but it's possible. And what is that licensure? But, you know, it's going to, it's for some people it's, it's necessary, but for other Mm -hmm. people it's like, well, this is an egoic thing. I can let go of this. It's no longer serving me. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's there's pros and cons to all of it, right? Like we need mm-hmm. people at all levels, right? We need people who can access people wherever they are, right? So some people have to go through insurance to have therapy. And in order for that to happen, somebody needs to be licensed, right? In order to accept insurance. Some people need to meet people just at the level of the mind because that's where that person is right then. And then we also need people who are, you know, reaching into an energetic space or into like a somatic physical space or, you know, we all have our own gifts. I think that it's really just about learning what is your specific space and allowing yourself to flow into that and not attach to what you thought your space was going to be and allowing it to change if it needs to change. Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny because in in graduate school right now for marriage and family therapy, mm-hmm. we have been talking about that a lot where people think, oh, I'm going to go into, you know, psychoanalytic or I'm really interested in the work of, you know, young and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I want to be, for me, I was like, I want to be an IFS therapist. And our professor was like, take all these theories out in a date. Don't get attached to one yeah. right now because you just never know in two years. And then even like five years from now, when you've been practicing for a few you're going to find different models that resonate with you. And you might just realize a little bit of this, a little bit of that, like you mentioned earlier, and mm-hmm. then you just create your own arsenal of, okay, this all works for me. So now I'm ready to create my own <laughs> model of therapy, which I think for you is um, like the the Meyerane spiritual model. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. I told it takes it takes time though. And I I so remember that uh, you know, conversation in grad school of being like, okay, you choose one approach and you kind of run with it, right? Are you psychoanalytic? Are you are you gestalt? Are you whatever? Mm-hmm. And that's gonna be your bread and butter. And for me, I was like, that doesn't people aren't one thing or another thing. Like you're not gonna be able to talk to a person sitting across from you and this one approach is going to fit this person perfectly it like it never made sense to me so I always would just kind of reach for the like word eclectic I'm like no I'm just an eclectic therapist I do a little <laughs> bit of everything I use all the different tools and um yeah I I think that when you're learning about it of course you have to dissect things into understandable different categories um just like in all things in life we learn best when our brain can kind of wrap itself around an entire concept but then in practicality in all areas of life we need to have a little bit of freedom to to move into 
whatever approach, like you'll have the Gina Velez approach and I have the Maya Rain <laughs> approach. And for the people that resonate with that, it's going to be the perfect approach. And if it's not, mm-hmm. then they find somebody else who's a better fit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because what works for one person may not work for everyone else. And yeah, um, yeah to be so dogmatic and um, beholden to a certain belief system it can be very tricky when you are that one person who's like yeah but i don't this one thing doesn't work for me and yeah 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 Yeah. i also you know just my own little side rant i was like why are all of these white men deciding Mm. the therapy for every single other kind of person i was like uh i don't think that this is like I don't want to do the patriarchy's version of therapy. <laughs> not that they're not valid. Like those men were very smart. They had a lot going for them. They were the yeah. ones who were allowed to be educated then, right? So of course mm-hmm. they were the ones figuring things out. But we just have so many other options than those few that we've been studying forever. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's my Absolutely. own soapbox. <laughs> no, I totally agree. I I love that you just mentioned that. That's so important to to remember. Um, because we forget, we for, we're like, oh no, this is the way. And it's like, well, let's look yeah. at what the way is and why it is the way it is. And let's see if there are, are alternative approaches for people who are not <laughs> within that demographic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So where did you, you said you grew up all over kind of your, your parents were <laughs> Grateful Dead fans. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they toured around with the Grateful Dead. I think mostly because it's awesome. just like, it was something to do and, and their friends were doing it. I don't know if it was even about the music. It was about the atmosphere, but yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and if you don't mind me asking, what did your parents do? Like, were they a source of, did you see, were they therapists? Did you watch them growing up and going, I want to do that or... <laughs> Um, they were not therapists. I think that, you know, it's, and I found this thread to be somewhat common among, among many therapists that I've talked to, but I ended up being the parentified child for my parents. They were both 22 when they had me. They were both, they didn't have jobs. They didn't have stability or financial capabilities really at all. Um, And so I grew up really fast and I learned that fixing people was a way to get love, right? And it kind of like led into some codependent tendencies, which I've been, you know, actively working on for several years now and have mostly, you know, worked through, but it still pops up every once in a while. And so um, I think the, the part of me that wanted to be able to fix people and be able to be the mature one in the room, I guess, like this ego version of if I'm the one with the clipboard judging the other person or fixing the other person, I don't need to like look at myself, I can help them and that will make me feel better about myself. I think that that kind of led into my decision to be a therapist. Um, And then, you know, (laughs) now that I'm a life coach, it's totally flipped itself upside down. I'm like, I have to do more work than any client <laughs> I've ever worked with. I need to do all of it first and then I can work with people. So I've been able to turn it into like a healed healed uh, way of working with people. But no, I, <laughs> I think that I was just seeking some stability. And in my mind, therapists were like these incredibly stable people because if they can make other people stable, they must be really stable, you know. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if that's true. Hopefully, ideally, it's true, but not always. Um, yeah, that, that would be, I would say, <laughs> where I went to. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So are you because when we first met, you were in Arizona. Is that where yes. you're originally from? 
Um, I grew up in Seattle until I was like 12. And then my mom moved me to Arizona. And then I was there through uh, college, went to grad school in Portland, Oregon, moved back to Arizona um, to be with my then fiance, then turned husband, now (laughs) ex-husband. And now I'm on the East Coast. My my boyfriend and I are on the East Coast. We were living in Vermont for a little while. Now we're in Pennsylvania and we're just <laughs> we're just floating around a little bit, seeking somewhere to settle, but not totally sure where that's gonna be yet. Yeah. Um I remember you being in Vermont and it was really cold. Mm-hmm. And then you yes. were in New York for a bit. <laughs> yep. yep. And it looked it looked beautiful. But yeah, it's it's cold there. And I feel like you are a summer baby. Is that am I correct in that assessment? I my my birthday's in April, but I definitely thrive. I'm very like vata, like the the Ayurvedic doshas. Mm-hmm. So I run cold. I'm like kind of you know slender and all those kinds of things. So I love the heat. I love the warmth. Um, Arizona is home. Like that's where my my heart is right now. I don't know if it's the place I'm gonna end up. Just because I would love to have like a a homestead and a big garden and a pond and you know all of this amazing stuff which is really tough to do in Arizona mm-hmm. the gardening mm-hmm. isn't great there <laughs> yeah and like there's no water to be heard of so it's hard to be off grid in any capacity um so I don't know if I'll end up there but most of my really close friends are in Arizona and I go back there often um but yeah as for as for where I'm going to land I've kind of intentionally been just trying things on, you know, mm-hmm. I've been trying out different states to see where I like. I think I've crossed out Vermont. <laughs> I like <laughs> I like the state, but it just didn't it didn't speak to me as my home. I've crossed out a few others. Um, so we're still waiting until something sparkles at me. <laughs> I think that's so awesome, though. I, I was commenting to um, someone recently that in certain generations, it's like they they get married, you know, to their high school sweethearts, and then they stay in the town that they grew up in. And that's yeah. awesome. I, I really, I think that is such a beautiful life trajectory for a lot of people. Um, but within my own life and within my own circle of friends, I see a lot of us who are you know, ending up with partners who they met in their thirties and then mm-hmm. they're like living all over the country and, and in other countries as well. And it's, yeah. it's like, I'm just trying on what works best for me. And we live in, I think the best day and age to be able to do that. So that when right. we find the right thing, it's like exactly right for us. Yes. Yeah. And being able to work online is so incredible. You know, it's I I do crave in-person things because it's just a different energy, but the flexibility Mm -hmm. of being able to be online is tremendous, super beautiful. Um, And, you know, I I did the like get married and buy a house and settle down thing. And it was totally great for what it was. And then it wasn't for me anymore. And I was like, okay, let's do the exact opposite of that. And then probably (laughs) one day I'll find some balance where it's a little bit of both, (laughs) but the pendulum swings, you know, from one extreme to the other sometimes. So now I'm just enjoying this, this side of the pendulum. (laughs) You're holding on. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's great. And where, where, and how long will you be in Asia? Um, we are going to Bali for about a month and then we're going to Thailand for about a month. Um, so far we just have our flights over there. We're, we're landing in Singapore and then we have our flight to Bali booked. Um, and that's it. So we are very flexible as far as like, we don't have our Airbnbs booked. We don't have our flights from one place to the other. We don't have return tickets yet. So, um, (laughs) we're, we're really trusting on this one. My 
partner luckily is very um very spiritual just like I am and so we're both like yeah it's gonna flow we're gonna manifest the best things that we possibly can it's gonna be fun it's gonna be an adventure he's also a Virgo so he like plans out just enough you know that we're always safe and taken care of he would never leave okay. us without a plan but right. it's, uh, yeah it's gonna be quite the adventure yeah that is so exciting well I look forward to hearing all about that or seeing all about it yes. really on, on Instagram <laughs> yes I'll um, be documenting Right on. Good. Um, okay. So what, yeah, so we talked about your career. I want to know what are some common misconceptions about your work mm. and, or what are some challenges that pop up for you? Yeah. Okay. Great question. Um, I think that the main thing when people hear life coach is like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, what, are, what are you, <laughs> what does that mean? It, there's no, there's no governing board. There's no specific training that you have to have. So anybody can technically call themselves a life coach. So there are a lot of watered down coaches. There are a lot of coaches who are very just like externally focused, you know, on like, I'm going to get you to drive the nicest car or like the body that you want or whatever, right? Like very superficially focused. A lot of life coaches are in that regard or, you know, like make six figures next year and all that kind of stuff. And so that's just super not in the world <laughs> that I work in. Mm -hmm. um, so they also don't have training a lot of times. Some of them do. Some of them are amazing. This is a vast generalization. There's no required training. So sometimes there can just be like, you know, ethical issues, slip ups. They don't know exactly how to be in a relationship with another person that is like vulnerable caring for another person as they're going through their own self-inquiry or shadow work or whatever it is. Um, so trying to convey to people that I, you know, have training that helps me to really trust myself and to set up an environment that is really safe for a healing process, uh, as well as, you know, most of my sessions are kind of hybrid therapy and life coaching and shamanism and <laughs> accountability and friendship. And, you know, it's it's hard to describe exactly what I do. Um, so I guess getting that across to people and allowing people to like really hear what I'm doing and see what I'm doing can be challenging unless you're one of my clients. And then my clients are like, oh, I get it. Okay. I know what we're doing now. <laughs> but mm -hmm. Otherwise, it can be a little a little challenging because the uh, the spiritual space and the life coach space is a bit saturated right now. Like a lot of people have leaned into that, and I totally acknowledge that. Um, so just being another voice in the void can sometimes <laughs> be a challenge for me. Right, trying to like express on social media or share whatever message I have that's been shared, like through other people at other times. Sometimes it can be hard to feel unique. And I think people struggle with that in all sorts of different ways these days. It's like remembering that you are worthy, you have a voice, you are unique, you should put yourself out there. Whatever you have to say is important. I also can sometimes get in my own mind of, you know, there's a million people doing this. Why should I be one of them? What do I have to offer that's different or unique or helpful? 
Um, and then I come back to myself and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm amazing. I have great things to offer. <laughs> I just forget momentarily. Um, but that's, you know, that's that's the self-love journey, too, I think, is that like self-doubt, that imposter syndrome that every single person struggles with. Every single person. I don't care if they say they've never felt that in their life. They're lying. <laughs> Everybody feels that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, the same things I think that a lot of people are, are navigating through right now. Mm, yeah, I think you kind of have to feel that in order to feel it's the contrast that yeah. Abraham Hicks talks about, but like yes. you need to feel the the insecurity in order to really step into or sit into that feeling of self-worth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's it's all a lesson, right? Like if you if you can see the challenges that you have and you can look them in the eye and you can navigate through them, you're going to love yourself so much more on the other side of that than if you pretend like you don't have the challenges there, right? Mm. We can't just put our blinders on and then hope that love like infiltrates or like self-acceptance infiltrates through. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. You kind of have to go through the process and then on the other side, you're rewarded. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when, yeah, when people hear the term life coach, do mm -hmm. you have to then explain to them what it is that you do? Or are you like, if they're an aligned client, they'll call me. And if they're not, like, it's just, it's, they can go see a therapist. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, with with clients, I don't worry about it too much. I send them to my website, and um, mm. I just redid my website. It's very much like yeah, reflects who great. I am. Thank you. Um, my friend, one of my close friends, did it, and she's just really talented and amazing. Um, so I send them to my website. They can kind of get a feel for it there, and if they don't understand it still, then they're probably you know they're they're just vibrating differently than I am, mm -hmm. right? And they're not going to totally resonate, and that's fine. Um, and then a lot of people, you know, they just like hear something I say or they see my energy or they visit my website and it's an immediate yes. And those mm -hmm. are the kinds of clients that I want. Like I would rather have much fewer clients, but they're all soul clients is what I call them. Like we're like soul aligned clients to be working together. Um, so I don't I don't worry too much about it. I guess describing being a life coach to like family members or people you know like in my personal life is probably the most awkward part where I'm like uh I usually just say I'm a therapist like if it's somebody <laughs> that I'm not going to have a big huge interaction with they're like what do you do I'm like oh I'm a therapist they're like okay I, I can my brain knows what to do with that information and it's not inaccurate it's still accurate I'm just a, a therapist plus <laughs> yes yeah I like that you're a therapist plus <laughs> yeah. well and I think one of the things that allowed me to say yes to working with you was when I when I realized oh she's a trained psychotherapist she's not just right. this person who put a label I'm a I'm a coach and I can help you and it's like well what what background do you have what knowledge mm -hmm. and expertise and who have you learned from that is always like we've talked about before it can be pretty dangerous and mm -hmm. um there's a lot of people who are in this unregulated field and yeah. so knowing your background and then also i think it's so brave your your courageous decision <laughs> to say i'm not gonna continue my licensure but i have all of this experience is is even more reason why 
I think people should work with you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That one. Um, sometimes I go back and forth. And I'm like, wow, was that a huge mistake? But I think that it was the right thing. <laughs> it's it's freed me up a lot more than, mm. than I was before. So it's, it's good. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, it's right when, I mean, and you taught me this, did the decision come from a place of love or was the decision made out of fear? <laughs> and that's the whole premise for this podcast, because like, I'll never forget when you said that to me one day, I was like, what? Oh my gosh, my mind is blown right now. That's, those are the only two things that exist in this life. What? Yes. So did you make that decision out of love? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was once I asked myself that question, you know, I like got out of my own mind's way and I asked myself that question. I actually remember asking myself that specific question. And mm -hmm. I realized that the only reason I would keep my licensure was out of fear. Like oh, the wow. licensure itself was not an act of love. It was this thing that I'd been inundated with messaging that like, if you don't have licensure, you're going to get sued. If you don't have licensure, nobody's ever going to work with you. You know, if you don't have licensure, you're you're um, unethical, right? Like all of these really fear mongering things that in reality, once I started thinking about it, aren't true at all. Mm -hmm. I'm actually like less likely to get sued and I'm more ethical because I'm working, you know, within my scope that I'm presenting to people and etc. Um, but then I was like, okay. And then if I choose to give up my licensure, I am choosing myself. I'm choosing mm -hmm. trusting myself and trusting the journey that I'm on. And I'm choosing to trust that the right clients will find me. And all of that is a journey of knowing that I'm good enough and I'm I'm worthy and I have things to offer the world. So it was a huge love piece there. Mm, that's really powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Um Okay, what has your self or your your spiritual journey been like? Yeah, my spiritual journey. Um, I kind of, you know, I kind of mentioned earlier. Uh, it started like with just sustainability, loving the earth, trying to connect more with like the planet and things like that. Um, and then it started to like move into these different waves as I was struggling in my marriage at the time. Um, these, you know, like relational aspects with him and then this like deepening of getting to know myself better and starting to feel like there was this dissonance between his energy and this new version of myself that I was stepping into. Um, and so for a while, I really resisted it. I was like, whoa, if it's feeling this uncomfortable and it's making my marriage not feel good, it must be bad. It must mean that I'm on the wrong track and I'm doing something that's, you know, I should just like shove this down, shove it away, stop listening to it, keep living my life, go to work in the morning, come back, cook dinner, like do the thing, stay normal. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I really kind of started to um, like push it away for, for probably like maybe a year to two years I was doing that. Um, and then, yeah, then it just started to kind of pull at me more. And it was actually um, when I started a podcast with my friend, Jackie, who, yes. who you know, um, she connected us, which is so cool. Uh, yeah. Her and I just kind of like started gabbing about spirituality in just like the most like kind of frivolous, you know, like UFOs and <laughs> crystals and da da da, right? So we started a podcast, started talking about that. And then as I was, you know, enjoying doing that. I would want to research more things that were spiritually focused and it just kind of picked up again. Um, and as we were 
going deeper, I started to just, you know, like meditate and get quiet and get still and get to know myself a little more and take it more internal than external. And that was when just the, the, the loudness of my life choices, you know, whether they were aligned or not, it just started getting really clear. And so then at a certain point, it just became really clear that I wasn't living the life that I was supposed to be living. The life I was living was fine. Like it wasn't anything, anything bad. But I remember the day that I asked my, um, my husband for a divorce. It, I, I like just had this moment where I was like, wow, I'm not living my life, living somebody else's life right now. And it was just like this real clarity. And I think that if I hadn't done all of the spiritual work, I wouldn't have trusted the clarity. I would have just thought that it was like some weird intrusive thought or something like that. But I started to be able to decipher what is my true self speaking to me versus what is like some weird mind trick, you know? Mm -hmm. And this was so clearly something deeper than myself. It was so clearly something that was like pointing me in a new direction and asking me to make a change. Um, So I asked for a divorce and went through all of the turbulence that goes with that, you know, all of the self-doubt and all of the crying and freaking out and having to move out of our house and not knowing what to do. And I moved into a sprinter van for a while, which was super fun, but also so challenging to just be like completely alone for the first time in a really long time. And um, I moved, I was starting my coaching business at that point and also like kind of having mental breakdowns, you know, like every couple of days, cause I was like, what am I doing? So it was not, you know, not beautiful and pretty, and that's, I don't think how it ever really is. <laughs> you know, I don't think anybody's spiritual path is just this like delicate little perfect unfolding. Um, and so, yeah, just, you know, a, a couple years of some challenging times and not trusting myself enough to then force myself to trust myself. Does that make sense? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, again, the pendulum swung so much for me at that point where I was like, I've totally made a mistake. What am I doing? This is a horrible choice to then coming back to center being like, no, I'm okay. I've got myself. Everything's all right. Like it's, it's unfolding for me, not to me, right? Like it's happening for me, not to me. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's aligned. And I really just leaned into myself, into my practices. Um, and everything kind of balanced out a little bit. Once I did that, I got the job that I had been trying to get for three years at my dream place in Sedona. Um, like, a month after my divorce was finalized, um, I met my now partner who I'm so madly in love with like a month after that. Um, not that, you know, not that there aren't still challenges, but it's kind of just flowed a little more once I made the decision to no matter what, just trust myself and just go with myself and 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 vote for myself in any decision that you're making. <laughs> Yes. I love that to vote for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, that's so great. Um, what have some of your favorite spiritual practices been? Um, that's such a good question. I've gone through so many different spiritual practices and then there are, you know, there are like the classic ones, right? Like journaling and meditation and things like that. Honestly, those have never really been my super go-tos. I've had some great experiences with them. And then most of the time, 
they just fizzle out. And for some people, they're super profound. Those ones are great if they work for you. They're not totally for me. Um, Some of my favorites, I would say, are dancing is a really (laughs) great one for me, like listening to music. I pretty much only listen to uh, music with positive messaging you know, or like, like high vibe music, if you want to call it that. <laughs> and just like always kind of having music on dancing, getting into my body, um, learning about my energetic body, getting like Reiki attuned and learning about all of my chakras. I check in with my chakras every day. If there's something happening in my body, I can like feel into what energy center is being affected or is trying to talk to me. That's been really profound. Um, different like plant medicine journeys and shamanic journeys have been really powerful for me. Uh, and then, yeah, just kind of like sitting with myself for a certain amount of time every day or, you know, probably realistically like five out of seven days, I'll sit for like half an hour to an hour and just kind of hang out by myself and pull some Oracle cards or smudge myself or use my pendulum to check my chakras or do some Reiki or whatever. It doesn't really (laughs) matter what I'm doing. Um, It more matters that I'm taking some time to just be in my own energy, to just check in with myself, notice how I'm doing, ask myself what I need, what can I do a little more of or a little less of. That's kind of where I'm at with what I do right now um, that's most profound. And then just always like gathering new information from from books or podcasts or people um finding people that I really resonate with I I think that the the person you're learning from is almost more important than the information they're teaching you sometimes uh Mm -hmm. so finding some some powerful teachers has been a really big part of uh, my my practice spiritually as well yeah that's I love that that what you just said, the the person you're learning from is more important than sometimes what they're saying even. Yeah. Um, yeah. What um, Can you explain a little bit more what shamanic means? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So shamanic is, um, you know, a lot of times people think of it as like kind of a, a South American or Native American um, term there's been shamans in all cultures, you know, they just maybe have different names, but shamanic is basically working in the energetic realm. So we are in the physical realm, right? Like our physical body is in this realm and the shamanic realm is kind of the, the energy that pulses through all things, you know, it's like the, the chi energy, the prana, the chakras, the aura, um, like psychic energies, things like that. Um, it's the ability to work with, see, talk to, um, work with that energy, I guess. So when you work with a shaman, they're generally working with your energetic field more than your like physical or mental space. They're working to like cleanse something out of the energetic field or to strengthen something around you. So even doing Reiki and different energy practices is kind of like, like baby shamanism. It's like this kind of beginner step into the world of shamanic practices. Um, A lot of times they can also use like plant allies plant medicine allies or ceremonies or things like that um you know to to have visions or to tap into that a little bit more but that's definitely not necessary all of the good shamans that i have worked with are able to just 
be in tune with that energy all the time because they have just done enough of their own cleansing and connecting to their own spiritual self that it's, you know, kind of like their their third sight, right? Like their their mm-hmm. third eye is just really open. And so they can see the things that are not seen to the the physical eyes. Right. Yeah. And I imagine that in your shamanic work, it's been super helpful for people who are probably only used to the talk therapy or, you know, well, I do exercise. So it's that physical component, but it's okay. Yes. Mind body, but we also have the spirit. And when all three of those are fully integrated, that is when the magic happens. So yeah, if you want to elaborate on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. I think that that's kind of that piece that I spoke to where when I was working with clients just as a therapist, I would hit the wall and I was like, there's something on the other side of this that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. I think that it was really that spiritual component. It was that, you know, like their their heart was really energetically blocked or, you know, their throat was closed because, you know, like something in life had told them that that energy needs to be quieted or or shut down or something like that in order to be safe, right? And a lot of those things we can mentally discover. We can be like, oh yeah, I'm quiet because my dad used to yell at me when I was loud or something, right? You can mentally understand it. But then once you have that mental understanding, it's like, okay, but what do I do about it? Mm. I get it. I understand it. Now what? And so a lot of times people would get to that place of, okay, I understand it, but now what? And I would just have to be like, okay, our time's up. I don't know. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Go ask somebody else how to fix that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So now I'm able to get people to the point where they're like, okay, I see that piece about my throat being quiet. And I am able to guide them into a meditation or I'm able to work with their energy even remotely and like shake up the energy, break that up, move through something that's like in this super woo-woo realm. You know, a lot of people listening to this will be like, this is crazy talk. <laughs> um, but then moving that piece, the the difference between when I used to work with people and they would understand something and then they would come back the next time and we would just keep talking about it and talking about it and talking about it and talking about it versus now when we talk about it, they understand it, and then we move something energetically, they don't ever have to talk about it again. They just start Mm -hmm. living in this new way where they have freedom that they never had in that regard before. So it's like very obvious to me that there's something else at play that gets people out of their mind and their need to just like constantly ruminate and go over things again and again mentally. It can liberate that and they can move into a space of just like leaving it in the past, moving forward as a more embodied and healed version of themselves. Mm, yeah, that is so cool. And I would mm-hmm. say that the work that you're doing, which is the somatic, the um, mental, as well as the shamanic work, mm-hmm. that that um, trifecta, that is what's inspired me to go to grad school, to learn all about the mind, um, mm-hmm. because I feel like I've done a lot of my own work on the somatic aspects and the shamanic aspects so yeah. it's it's just inspiring to see that you are doing this work and it's helping so many people um and we just need more more light workers <laughs> out yeah. there who are doing yeah. it too 
Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm, I'm so excited that you're, that you're on this path. It really is like, just makes my heart so happy. Even when you told me you were doing your Reiki training, which I know, yeah. you know, you kind of were like, you weren't sure for a long time if you believed in that kind of stuff. And then you're like, I'm doing Reiki training. I was like, oh my God, that's so <laughs> exciting. Yes. And then you decided to go to grad school. I'm like, oh, yay. She's like, really just, she's following in my footsteps. <laughs> yes, I know. I, I, and those are fantastic footsteps. Those are like, okay, this is possible. It's, you are yeah. such a huge expander for me. And I see that, okay, it's all possible. The life that I want to lead, mm -hmm. it's possible that I can do this um, instead of like, I don't know anyone. I'm just like on this weird trajectory. And did you ever yeah. feel that way at times? <laughs> I did. Um, one of the the person who I actually took like a business course to start my life coaching business, and she was a spiritual life coach, which is what gave me the bravery to be able to step into this sphere. But without her, I don't think I ever would have done it. Um, so yeah, having somebody that you can kind of, you know, model yourself after and then and then you learn your own way of doing things. You know, you you take what works and and leave the rest and find your own modality and methods. Uh, but she she really helped me, so I totally understand. Kind of needing a guide, needing an expander mm -hmm. to be like, okay, she can do it. I can do it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. And by the way, I was attuned for my level two Ricky <gasps> yeah. um, last weekend, and that was awesome. pretty cool. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so baby shaman in the yes, in the yes, <laughs> yes. You totally are. You totally are. You're a budding shaman. Yes, I like that. <laughs> yeah. So, what are um, some of your? And I think this might have to do a lot with like your spiritual practices. But what are some self love or self care practices that you do? Yeah. Um, Definitely the spiritual aspect of it is is probably primary. Um, just that like intentional showing up for myself, just to say hi to myself every day. Even I think the important thing is like, even if I am being a brat one day, or I I'm like my mind is in my way, or I'm just in like a stinker mood and I just don't want to do it. I think that self-love is showing up for myself even when I'm in one of those moods right like so often it can it can seem like self love is just something that you do when you're already in a loving space but i think that self love is showing up when you're not in a loving space mm -hmm. so being able to just see myself there and be like okay i don't like myself very much today that's all right we can still hang out together you know me and myself i can still sit here and and do this and ask myself what's wrong and go deeper into the uncomfortable feelings and that's okay to do um that's one of the biggest ones is is being willing to show up when i least want to show up i think um and helping other people you know is a way of connecting to my self-care and my self-love i think that that is really important to me being able to help other people and feel like I'm living my purpose and that I have value and worth in the world, you know, even if it's, I guess, in a way kind of external validation, it's still, it still helps to be like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm doing something that people appreciate. And then I feel really great afterwards. And I got to connect with another human on a really deep level. Uh, that really helps. Um, and then I would say, you know, as far as, as far as self-care, being really mindful of the kind of media 
that I consume, you know, just like on a really practical level is a huge one. Um, I used to be like a junkie for like true crime podcasts, you know, before (laughs) my spiritual journey, before all of that happened. And I was so freaked out by the world. I was so unhappy. I was always on edge. I just was like bitter about interacting with everyone. I lived out of so much fear. I would watch, you know, like documentaries about the most horrendous things. And when I decided to stop that, I like cut them out cold turkey. And I was like, I am not. It was actually my ex-husband. He was like, you have to stop. You are not. (laughs) This is not good for your mental health. And I resisted it. And then I was like, okay, you're right. And since then, I stopped doing that. I see the world in such a more pure, beautiful light. Like, I'm not naive, right? I still protect myself and don't walk down dark alleys at night, you know, those (laughs) kinds of things. Um, But I don't just have this inundated fear of the world. And so I think when that releases, I could kind of like care for myself and slow down, get a little bit quieter. And since then, I've really eliminated any, you know, I don't listen to like aggressive music or really even like popular music that much. Sometimes I'll put the radio on or like some songs I like, but um, I'm not just like consuming whatever is being thrown at me. I never watch the news. I will like (laughs) avoid it at all costs. I was just going to ask. So you're an avid news junkie. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, I, you know, I, we live in the world where we're always going to get the information we need. I don't need to seek it out. Like I will Mm -hmm. know the current events that are happening through osmosis through, you know, social media, somebody talking about it in passing. I always know what's happening. I'm never oblivious, but I don't need to just sit there and like stare at the news. It doesn't matter what side of the news or if it's, you know, even if there's no side and it's just the facts, I don't need to sit there and listen to that. It's not helpful. It just makes Mm -hmm. me hate the world and hate myself and fear life, right? And Mm -hmm. that's not the way to to self-love or self-care. So yeah, like being very protective of what I allow into my awareness I would say is one of my biggest self-care practices and that can go for, you know, every area of life, even like diet or beauty products or whatever you could, you could Mm -hmm. extend that however far you want. But um, specifically with media, uh, you know, I don't follow anybody on Instagram that gives me a feeling of like jealousy or judgment or anything like that. I only follow people that I really resonate with. I usually try to keep it like under 200 people that I follow on social media just to make sure that it's like curated as just like this like beautiful, bountiful place. Um, So yeah, that I guess would be my, my last piece there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important because what you allow into your awareness then seeps into your subconscious and then you're not even aware that you're operating from this fear-based mode. And, and then before you know it, you're just like, ah, I can't handle, I can't handle life. I, I think even those apps that show you the activities that are going on in your neighborhood or, Mm. you know, don't, you know, there was an accident or someone got, you know, stabbed at this place. It's like, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I get that. There's weird stuff happening everywhere all the time. That's how it's been since the dawn of time, but I don't need to know about it unless it's going to really affect me personally but but really like what that does is that just reiterates the fear-mongering that our society lives by and it's just not helpful 
No, it's not helpful. And it's no wonder that all of our nervous systems are just a freaking mess all the time. We're constantly just bombarded by like all of these stress hormones and yeah, our, our bodies are completely dysregulated. Nobody's sleeping well. People aren't being able to like, they're, they're infertile, right? Because their bodies are shutting off those functions because it's in fight mm-hmm. or flight all the time. Like things get really messed up when we allow ourselves to be constantly stressed out. And I think that it's, you know, people have this fear of not being able to control like their awareness, I guess. Like they're, they're like, if I don't know what's happening around me, it's more dangerous, but that's not, that's not true. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. It, it, like, it okay. has always been happening, you know, around people all the time. You don't have to be aware of every single aspect. Like right now right. there's somebody in Pennsylvania, some guy like escaped from a county jail or something. And he's like some dangerous guy. And so, yes, I'm aware of like the neighborhood they think he's in and I'm not going to mm-hmm. go wander around there by myself. Yeah. But I don't need to check every single update and be afraid to like walk out my door because he's in a town like 30 miles away from me. Mm-hmm. But everybody else around me is like all talking about this guy and where is he and what's the latest update and oh my gosh, did they catch him and what was his crime and tell me all the dirty details. And I'm like, why are you doing this to yourself? Yeah. It's kind of like an addiction, right? It's totally an addiction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we need that hit. And and yeah. if we can talk about it and kind of scare ourselves into that place, it's yeah. like, oh, I got my fix for the day. And it's, again, it's not even a, an, a, a conscious addiction. Yes. That's a very yes. subconscious one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the beautiful thing about doing any sort of like inner work is you start to notice all of those patterns that you have, those subconscious beliefs. So there are a few things that like I do throughout my day that I don't notice that I do. Does that make sense? Right? Like yes. a lot of people are just operating on on their like default settings and they're just going through the <laughs> yeah. day doing whatever they're doing. And um, part of the work is forcing yourself to be aware of like, whoa, why am I seeking this right now? Oh, what is this pattern that's arising for me? Or why did that make me so upset? Or, you know, whatever it is. And you can still let yourself do it. You don't have to be perfect by any means, mm-hmm. but you're just aware that like, oh yeah, this thing's happening again. Let's keep an eye on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is the mindfulness yes. in, in, in practice of, exactly. okay, I'm aware that this is happening and I have the, the potential right now to choose to do something about it or just be with it. And yep. sometimes we don't, ha- don't have the capacity to make a change in that moment. It's yeah. like, well, this is literally a an index file that was created on my hard drive when I was two years old and I'm yes. now 32. So it's about a 30 year old file that it's going to yeah. take a while to, to clean and sort through and all this stuff. But but sometimes we do need to do a software update and we do yeah. need to let go and, you know, have the newest operating system so that we're we're fully functioning effectively. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love the way you said that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I just think of us as as like robots. We are computers. <laughs> We're just made out of flesh and bone and, you know, computers are made out of what metal and wires. So right. we're really not too different. I also have this really weird theory that this talk about woo woo that we created computers, right? But you know how like time and space are not linear in yes. the quantum field that computers actually created us. 
And Ooh. so it's that this like circular loop because everything is circular, right? I love that. <laughs> yeah, is patterns, and you look at fractals, and you're like, oh, it's the same on every level. And so yes. we created the computers; they created us, and it's just you know we're looping through these weird continuums. <laughs> yeah, maybe there aren't even aliens. Maybe it's just like computers from the future that are coming back yeah. to make sure we create more computers or something. Like yeah, that. right. <laughs> That's awesome. That would be that a thought. great a great sci-fi book or something. Ooh, yes. All right. Next book I'm writing. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are some projects, events, offerings that you're currently working on that um, people can learn more about? Yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, so right now I'm really just focusing on my one-on-one -on -one clients, especially because I'm going to be traveling. Um, so those are kind of the most manageable, but um I am planning on doing another round of a course that I did last winter. I'll probably do it again this winter. It's called The Maiden Rights. Um, so it's basically, yes, you can you can join it. I can um, join it. Yes. It's basically kind of the, uh, you know, the basics of the feminine experience that we should be taught when we're in like middle school and high school and that nobody ever teaches us about, you know, how to understand our feminine bodies and our hormones and our, you know, like energy as as women, as female beings, archetypal energy and all these different kinds of things, um, healer energy yeah it's it's a big it's a big course there's lots of stuff there so if you are a female or you feel like this would be helpful for your feminine side that will be um in in the winter time so you know if you follow me on instagram or go to my website or something you can stay updated there um if that if that resonates um and i'm actually working on a project right now with two of my best friends that will be ready in fall 2024, we are launching basically like a, an online mystery school um, that, yeah, I know, big news. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. It's still very in the works, so I don't have too much to share about it right now, but um, it is going to be kind of in the shamanic realm. So it's kind of like a an intermediate to advanced type of, type of woo-woo work, if you will. Um, and it's based in the practices that I've been doing for myself over the last couple of years. We're creating, it's going to be like an entire year long journey that people sign up for and diving into their shadows, into their patterns, into the energy, into pretty much everything we've talked about in this conversation, but just like going for it all the way in. Um, and that will be, yeah, that'll be doing its first round next year, which is really exciting. Um, it's going to be called um, Medicine Moons. So we have an Instagram that is Medicine Moons. If you want to follow that, there's not really anything there yet, but that will be the place where all the information will be uh, will be shared. So if that resonates. Yeah, that sounds awesome. What mm -hmm. is the historical, um, like, what is the history behind mystery schools? Um, I, you know, I think that they really mystery schools have been around for forever. Usually, they're very secretive, right? Which is why they call them mystery schools. But if you think of, um, you know, like the, even the, um, oh my gosh, now I'm forgetting what they're called. The like. Not the Knights Templar. <laughs> what are they? All the people that like the Illuminati. You know? Okay. Yeah. Like, the Illuminati kind of people and like 
all spiritual teachings, like there were mystery schools in Judaism and Christianity, mystery schools before either of those were even, you know, religions. And the idea is that it's usually like the elite class being able to understand the inner workings of the world, you know, in in mysterious ways, because everybody's always been aware that there's energetics you know, to to the way things manifest or the way that we create our reality or even, you know, controlling the masses, right? There can be like mystery schools that are darker in theme, right? Just very occult type of practices. Um, now mystery schools have kind of transformed into just a teaching that's open to pretty much everyone, but about things that are less accessible and less available in, you know, the the common realm of information right so it's more of the um like not conspiracy theory but more of the more of the underpinnings of how reality works that are kind of out there you kind of have to opt in to get the weird information and so mystery schools are just about the the behind the curtain of Mm. reality i guess Okay. I like that description behind the curtain. Is there like a certificate that's associated with the completion of it? Or is this like a membership that you just continue to to be a part of? Yeah. So this one, um, we've talked about it. We don't actually have like a super clear um, piece on that right now. There's no certificate because I don't really understand the certification process of things. I haven't like, I know you have to go through a certain amount of things, like a certain amount of paperwork and and logistics to get certifications. I think that'll happen in the future. Um, right now, it's just kind of like a membership community based um, based thing. Yeah, where there will there will be you opt in, you're part of it for a year. There will be like optional retreats and things like that as well that members can come to and get to get to meet each other in person. And yeah, there will be there will be lots, but we're still kind of flushing out the the full spectrum of what we're going to offer. That's amazing. Sounds yeah. so mysterious and yeah, I know. <laughs> so let me know because I will yes. I will definitely yes. be be interested. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so speaking of that, as that's launching next year, um, mm-hmm. what are some future goals of yours? Uh, some other future goals of yours? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, that's kind of the business realm. I want to keep coaching. I want to keep working individually. I would like to do more in-person things whenever I find a, a space to settle, um, but I'll probably always work online as well because I just love the reach that that has to be able to work with people all over the place and for myself, the flexibility to travel and stuff like that. Um, I really want to have a home. I'm ready for like a, a, a sturdy home. I'm not rushing it because I want it to feel really perfect, but I'm waiting for it to come to me and to, you know, show itself to me and um, hopefully, you know, a big garden and and some off-grid like well and all of those things just in case society collapses. I don't know. I always got to keep an eye out for that. Um, and possibly motherhood in the next like few years. That feels like the next like possible iteration of my life. Um, if that if that chooses to come into reality or not, I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah. And and I don't really have any like super lofty goals. I'm not someone who's like, I want to be a billionaire by the time I'm 40. I just want to be happy and present. And I want my life to be able to be 
abundant and slow at the same time. Mm, oh, yes. I love that abundant and slow. Yeah. Yeah. So is that where you see yourself in five years? I think so. I think I see myself there in like two years. I'm going to, I'm going to up the timeline awesome. a little bit. Um, and, awesome. and yeah, five years, I don't know. I've learned that life moves too quickly to plan five years ahead, but two years, I think I can, <laughs> I can wrap my mind around. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to plan this for my five-year plan. And then, you know, the universe laughs in your face and you're like, okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Me five years ago would never have imagined that I'd be here right now. Mm. So I'm going to just, I'm just going to let, I'm going to let spirit take that one. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Spirit take the wheel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So where can listeners find you online? Yeah. So uh, you can follow me on Instagram. It's just my name, Maya Rain. Um, and then if you want to follow, follow the Medicine Moons Instagram, like I just mentioned, you can follow that one as well. Um, and then my website is mayarain.com if you're interested in booking a private session or just checking out what I have to offer. I also have um, meditations and things like that on there. Uh, I also do a lot of meditations on Insight Timer. That's a really helpful meditation app. Um, if anybody is looking for guided meditations or they also have like a function for just setting a timer and background noise for your own like kind of silent meditations um but i upload a lot of content onto that and so you can find me again maya rain on insight timer um yeah i'd, I'd love to i'd love to connect with anybody who's interested and you also do couple couples therapy or couples life coaching i do yes i do um that one there's there's an option to get two people um you know like a, a couple for a session. I have it open ended because sometimes it's like a family member and you. So it's not just for romantic couples. Um, I've had, you know, like siblings or like mother daughter sessions and things like that. But yes, if you would like to work with another person and have a session, even just, you know, most of the time I'm just holding space for communication and I'm like the, the secretary writing down goals and reflecting back. So it's just a safe space to be able to communicate with whoever it is that you're working through something with. Okay, great. And finally, the question that, well, actually, before we get to the final question, this yes. is something I've been meaning to ask you for yeah. the last four years since we've been working together. <laughs> yes. Did you make your name up? <laughs> or is this the name you were born with? <laughs> um, okay, great question. Um, so yes, yes and no. Yes, I was born with this name, but I had two last names. So my name was originally Maya Rain Roe Wygant. And then I, maybe when I was like, I don't know, four or something, I was like, Wygant is really hard to spell. I don't want that. <laughs> it's my last name anymore. So I asked my parents and they dropped it. So then I was Maya Rain Rowe. And then when I was in like second grade, I just asked my parents, I was like, I want to just be Maya Rain. Can I just be Maya Rain? And they were like, yeah, sure. Why not? Wow. So they let me legally change my name. They changed it for me. And then they each changed their last names to be Rain so that it would be easier for like, you know, school pickup and things like that. They weren't together. So they were like, it'll be much more streamlined if we all have the last name that's the same. So I kind of created my family's last name to be Rain. I am so glad I asked that question. <laughs> yes. That is the coolest story I've ever heard. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's that's the audacity that I had when I was a little kid that I'm trying to return to. It's just like choosing my own name. <laughs> yes. Well, and you have that audacity. You're choosing your own path. You are... Yes 
such a light in this world. And I think, I think that that aspect of yourself is serving you well. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. So for the final question, what does it mean to lead a life leaning into love? Oh, I love it. I just love, I love your podcast name. The whole concept oh. of it's so great. Well, thank um, you for inspiring it. <laughs> you're so welcome. You're so welcome. I think that leaning into love is trust, trust of yourself, trust of the process, trust of, you know, whatever divinity you believe in or the universe or whatever it is, trusting that you're taken care of and that everything is happening on purpose and that you have something to learn and being able to trust that you can take care of yourself. I think that all of those end up translating into a deep connection to yourself and a deep love for yourself and wanting to show up time and time again because you know that you've got your own back and that everything is going to be okay and that you can honor and love yourself unconditionally. That was so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So trust, trust in yourself, trust in the process and in a higher power. Yeah. yeah. That's mm -hmm. great. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll end it there, but thank you so much, Maya. I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast today and share your gifts with the world. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Gina. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Lean Into Love podcast. And thank you for taking the time to learn how to be a little bit more compassionate with yourself. A small amount certainly goes a long way. If you enjoyed what you heard today, I invite you to work with me inside the Self-Love Club, a one-on-one -on -one virtual coaching program where you'll learn how to love yourself more fully through holistic and integrative wellness practices. Each session is specifically designed to fit your goals and needs. Visit theyogina.com and book a free discovery call so we can create a roadmap of how we'll get you there today. And if you haven't already, hit subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. If you enjoyed your time here, rate and review this podcast. That way other souls on their journey back home to themselves can learn from people like you. Until next time, keep leaning into love. And remember, you are worthy, you are loved, and you are never alone. <laughs>